0: if you have your Bibles, if you have a phone, you have an iPad, if you just have your two eyes, right, you can look at the screen. Uh, I want to read John chapter 20, verse 1 through 10. John chapter 20, verse 1 through 10. My title today, it's kind of a simple one, uh, but I think it will make sense. The Empty Tomb. The Empty Tomb. John 20, let me start at verse 1. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early. Mary Magdalene in the Bible was set free, we read about her, of seven demons, right? She's the first one, as we read, she's at the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved. Now let me, as we read this, remember this. All of the scripture has been inspired by the Holy Spirit. Though we're reading in John by the Apostle John, evidently the Lord, the Holy Spirit, allowed him to write in the other disciple. And I love this section of reading. He's actually talking about John. It says, she ran and came to Simon Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John, and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple, and they were going to the tomb, so they both ran together. And the other disciple, that's John, outran Peter and came to the tomb first. Isn't it amazing that the Lord would allow John to write that in there? Yeah, he's slow. You know, Peter, he's he's getting old. He's just slow. I, I outran him. And He, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him, and he went in the tomb. And he saw the linen cloths lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in, and he saw, and he believed. And I thought, what did he see? It was an empty tomb. It was this cloth that was laid there. It was the handkerchief, and it was folded. He saw, and he believed. For as yet he did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went again to their own homes. Well, Father, we pray today as we celebrate our risen Savior, Jesus, that, Lord, you speak to every one of our hearts. You are alive and alive on the inside of us. Lord, we pray for the person on our right and our left. We ask you to bless them today. You know the desires of their heart. You know everything that they're facing. And Holy Spirit, speak to them today. In Jesus' name we pray. Now, uh, my family doesn't like that I tell this story. I don't think I told it last year. I do, re- I do um, probably want to confess, I probably wore this same outfit last year. I'll have to look on photos. The great thing is the jacket still fit, and I still know how to do a tie, right? That's a good one. So, birthday party. How many of you only had one or two birthday parties growing up? Was I the only kid? I was. We had like one and how many of you get one every year for kids they turn two they turn three they turn four and you think man these kids are really they're, they're making out well my daughter decided second or third grade she was going to have a birthday party and we said well what theme do you want she said hermit crabs now i believe this is before the whole spongebob and all that bit hermit crabs Yeah, dad, uh, at the block, at the mall, you can go buy a hermit crab and I wanna invite a couple friends and they can get a hermit crab. So I told Madison, you know, second or third grade, parents are happy to send their kids to go to birthday parties. Parents do not want their kids coming home with pets. That's not a reason to send a kid. Anyways, so we do this hermit crab birthday party, right? So now we have a hermit crab, you can't pet them. You can't really do, they eat weird, stinky things. And this is a true story. It died on Good Friday. Oh, she was so upset, and I was poking it in the shell. I was trying to make sure it wasn't like faking and would come out and pinch me. It it died. So on Good Friday, in the rain, in La Mirada, we buried Hermy. That was her name, Hermy the hermit crab, in the backyard in the ground. Done right. She was. I mean, crying, crying. I was crying. I felt bad, and. Uh, so Sunday, coming back from church on Easter Sunday, as they had already beat me home, she calls me, and she's screaming on the phone. I said, Calm, is everything okay? Is everything okay? Dad, Dad, Hermie rose from the dead just like Jesus. <laughs> I'm, I, all right, I'll be home in just a few minutes. So I get home. Well, she went out and dug the crab up, right? I guess as most kids kind of do, and Hermie was alive. You could not convince her that the hermit crab didn't rise from the dead. And then I felt terrible. We buried a living pet, right? In the, it was playing possum or something. I think it died a week or two later for sure. I mean, it was something I was hanging. It's probably still buried in La Mirada in that backyard today. And so telling that story, my, you know, my, my family says, Dad, you tell that story every year. I don't think I told it last year. John 20, verse 8. But the other disciple, who came to the tomb first, went in also, he saw, and he believed. Did he see the resurrected Jesus? He didn't. But he saw the remains of what was there, the cloth. In fact, we read earlier that Nicodemus took a hundred Pounds of spices and ointments to embalm the body of Jesus. You know, the Bible has two parts. We have the Old Testament, we have the New Testament. The the New Testament is 27 books. The four Gospels that were inspired by the Holy Spirit that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John both wrote were eyewitnesses of all of the events that they have, have written about. But what's interesting when we read about this, they, the Holy Spirit had them write in detail about the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. All 27 New Testament books speak to that Jesus is alive and that he is risen from the dead. Of all the miracles Jesus performed, walking on the water, raising the dead. In fact, it's interesting that uh, in, when Lazarus was dead, Jesus said, roll away the stone, right? That was back there. Of all of the miracles that he performed that we read about, the feeding of the thousands and thousands of people, the most significant thing he did was to rise from the dead. No other religious leader in history has ever performed or done that miracle that Jesus did. And so what's interesting when we look at the disciples is nobody knew really how this would play out. He talked about it, but Jesus didn't talk about how exactly it would play out. But the resurrection of Jesus, when we say things today like he has risen, we're not to celebrate it just on Easter. In fact, the, the early church and the disciples, they would remind themselves almost every day that Jesus had risen from the dead. It changed everything. Do you know if you go to Israel today and you take a tour, one of the uh, Holy Land tours, you'll actually go to the supposed tomb of Jesus. Guess what you find in there? Nothing, right? Isn't that interesting? You go in there and it's empty. If you go to Westminster Abbey in England today, it's the final resting place of uh, an estimated 30 kings or Queens. In fact, the first one buried there, I thought this guy's name was interesting. Edward the Confessor. He must have confessed to something and they killed him and buried him in 1066. If you go to tour St. Peter's Basilica today in the Vatican City right outside of Rome, it's estimated that there's 90 or so popes and other dignitaries that are buried down in there. In fact, some say possibly uh, Peter's Bones are buried there. If you go to Graceland today, it is the most visited gravesite or place to go in all of the world. 600,000 go every year to Graceland to go by. It's Elvis's tomb, it's his daughter Lisa Marie, her son Benjamin, his parents Gladys and Vernon Presley, along with his twin brother Jesse and his grandma Minnie Mae. Elvis died 45 years ago, but 600,000 go every year to go by his grave. But here's what we know. He's still in the grave. Right? Popes are still in the grave. Kings and queens and other dignitaries are still in the grave. But if you go to the tomb or wherever Jesus was, it was a borrowed tomb because he's not in there. Amen. He rose from the dead. But the, they tried to cover it up. And that's what I want to look at a couple of verses today in Matthew chapter 27. They figured they could cover it all up. And so we read this in Matthew 27, and we read this starting in verse 1. When morning came, all the chief priests and elders of the people plotted against Jesus to put him to death. Oh, I'm sorry, I I need to jump ahead here. Verse 57. Oh, we can read the entire chapter. You guys are good with that. All right. (laughs) Verse 57. Now when evening had come... There came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body of Jesus to be given to him. When Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his new tomb, which he had hewn out of the rock. And he rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb and departed. Mary Magdalene was there, and the other Mary sitting opposite the tomb. And on the next day, which followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees gathered together to Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember while he was still alive how that deceiver said, After three days I will rise. Therefore, command that the tomb be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say to the people, he has risen from the dead, so that the last deception will be worse than the first. Do you know they remembered the actual words of Jesus? They remembered. They didn't believe it, but they remembered that after three days he would rise. So Pilate said to them, you have a guard, go your way, make it secure as you know how. And so they went and made the tomb secure, sealing the stone and setting the guard. Now we already read that there was a stone that covered the tomb. But there was something that now changed. In fact, if you look it up, it was a large stone that would have fit in place. Sealing the tomb, they may have used some type of pitch, but there definitely was a seal on it because Pilate had commanded the guard to be there. The guard, or the actual word is a watch sent, would be four to six soldiers that would guard and rotate every four hours. Now you can read in the book of Acts that when uh, prison doors were open and there were guards still there, they were ready to kill themselves because if you let anybody in or out under your watch, you were a dead man, right? They were guarding this tomb. In fact, we know, uh, are the soldiers really threatened by the disciples? Are they really worried about John coming or James to steal the body? Yet we know, uh, according to the scripture, that there was a great earthquake that they almost, it appeared that they fell dead because of the power of God and that stone and that seal broken and it rolled away. But there was no cover up. Because we read in the Bible, Acts chapter 1, verse uh, 13, it talks about how Jesus appeared alive after his sufferings. In fact, the Bible says in Acts 1, 3, there were many infallible proofs being seen during 40 days. And he was speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. The Apostle Paul picked this up in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3 through 8, and listen to what the Apostle Paul says. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve, after that he was seen by, the, by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present, meaning they're still alive, but some have fallen asleep. After that he was seen by James, then by all the apostles, then last of all he was seen by me. The apostle Paul says he was seen by me also as one born out in due time. Well you can read later in Acts 9 where the apostle Paul has that interaction. Now notice what we read about. 500 eyewitnesses at one time. Cephas, the 12, the apostles, James. He wasn't grabbed out of a tomb, a dead body, and it taken somewhere. He had risen. He was alive. You know, we have a, a friend that just retired, and he had a, uh, he had a funeral business. And uh, really, his mission in doing so was to, to give low-cost alternatives to people I remember him calling me, we've done a a couple through our church through him, and he would call occasionally, and in fact, the last time he called before he sold the business, he says, Walter, I just want to call, he said, we actually have um, three plots at Rose Hills, you know, they're usually 16 or 18,000 each, we have three, each of them are $6,500, if you know of anybody, and I would say, Harold, I can't call somebody, and say, hey, John, how you doing today? Hey, I was just thinking about you. You know, we got a really good deal going on, uh, on a, you know, a grave, just, you know, not, not that anything's going to happen, but, you know, I just wanted to pass on, you don't do that. You do that with a used car or something else. You don't, you don't tell somebody about, you know, a gravesite. Uh, he's like, but they're going to be like, hey, like, you can't call anybody. So we're at a, his retirement dinner, and his daughter talked about the embarrassment in junior high of having a, a father that does the funeral business. And he'd pull up to the junior high in a hearse to pick her up from school. Oh, and she was like mortified. High school, though, when he did it, she was the coolest girl on campus. Your dad dried, like, drives a hearse? That's so cool. She said dad would have a casket in the garage. And you know all that was like embarrassing until high school. All the kids thought it was cool, right? They were like, hey, can we borrow that for like Halloween or do things... So it was interesting, but isn't it amazing that somebody in the funeral business, the only thing they really deal in is, is death, not life? We're going to see all throughout the scripture that everything about Jesus had to do with life. The last thing I want to mention is this all four gospels talk about Jesus presenting his physical body for inspection. So that they could see the snail scars in his hands and his feet and his side. That's pretty amazing when you think about it. So, the only man made thing that we're going to find in heaven is the scars on Jesus' hands, feet, and side. Those happen because of mankind. That's the only thing that we're going to find. In fact, that's why we read sometimes Revelation uh, chapter 5. Oh, you are worthy. We sang that that you are worthy, right, of all of the praise and all of the glory. He will forever and ever throughout all eternity bear on his hands, feet and side those marks, not as a condemnation to you, but to, for you and I to begin to worship him for all that he went through through us In fact, I want to read, let me read two last verses here. In John chapter 20, verse 19 through 20, it says this. It says, then on the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, peace be with you. And he said this, and he showed them his hands and his sides. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. It's interesting that Jesus didn't knock. That's the polite thing, right? How many of you have friends or neighbors that just walk in your house if the door's unlocked? Like, they'll just come in, and they head right to your refrigerator. (laughs) Jesus didn't knock. These guys were afraid. They probably wouldn't have answered the door. Boom, he just popped in the midst. Peace be with you. He showed himself to them. It made me, It reminded me of this. It shows us that he can go where no one else can go. right? He can reach somebody anywhere and at any time and at any place in our world. There's no place anybody can hide on earth from him. And in Luke chapter 24, verse 38 through 40, And it says this, and he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your heart? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. You know, his scars will show us what it cost Him so that He could be with us. right? So that He could be with us. You can read a little later about uh, in John chapter 20 about Thomas. In fact, I didn't mention it early on. You can go to our website and download the notes and the scriptures and there's questions on there that you can talk about at your family. But it's interesting, He didn't even knock. He just showed up. But we read a different verse in Revelation chapter 20 verse 3. And Jesus talking and says, behold, I stand at the door and I do what? I knock, right? I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I'd rather him just show up, right? No, yeah, that's the easy part. you have to open the door you have to open the door in fact it's that image of there's nothing for him to grab to open the door it's all on the inside and once on the inside you can open up that door and he says i'll come in and i'll be with you right and i'll dine with you you know a lot of times in the bible when we read eat with him there's a lot of times of eating it was that bit of fellowship of coming together and when they would come together they would remember Jesus. Bow your heads, if you would, with me today. You know, when we read verses like this, we think about when Jesus said, I I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You know, it always makes me remember that um, either way that I choose to accept him or to reject him, I'm going to find out that he is the way that he's the truth, and that he's the life. You know, Easter, we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus, that he is alive. And yet throughout the Gospels, we read that he didn't depart to heaven and stay in heaven and not connect and fellowship with his disciples and apostles. He continually came to them. And I believe he's coming to you today. And so I want to first ask you with all of our heads bowed and our eyes closed. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, the risen Lord, Lord of your life, or if you've been running from him, this is a great opportunity on on Easter morning to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior or to run back to him. All you have to do is open up the door to your heart. Would everyone pray this right after me? Pray this with me. Dear Lord Jesus, Forgive me for all of my sins. I open the door of my heart and I choose to make you the Lord of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone here today too, if you, if you feel like you've been running from God, if you feel like you haven't connected with God, would you remember those verses that he can reach you anywhere, any place, anytime. You can't hide from him. And he's always that comforter. So Lord, we thank you today in the midst of whatever thing that we may be going on personally. Father, would you remind us today that you're always with us. It doesn't matter the challenge or the difficulty or the bad report, you're with us. We trust you. You know, let me close with this and then we'll, we'll worship team. my my, uh, my brother, my middle brother passed away on Valentine's Day. We were with him uh, the week before. He was given four to six weeks to live and he lasted about 14 days. So sitting with him on Wednesday, I believe it was February 8th, sitting with him, he had a social worker and he had uh, the hospice nurse. And we were going through all of those difficult details and, you know, didn't make sense. But they asked him, do you have a religion? Do you have a belief? And he said, I do. I'm a Christian. And I didn't know they were going to ask another follow-up question. So here Michelle and I are sitting there. We're listening to him. And they said, well, what do you believe about Christianity? He says, well, I believe that Jesus came to earth, died for my sins, and rose from the dead. And I've accepted him as my Lord and my savior. And I know that the day I die, I'll be re- reunited with him. Yeah. And then I remember them saying, uh, so what do you believe heaven is to you? And he started explaining the things that were in the Bible. I mean, Michelle and I were like, we we're like, he presented the gospel to them. Here it is the worst report, right? Of what you're having family showing up. But here's the thing that made all the difference in the world and the peace that led his life. He knew who his Lord was. He confessed who his Lord was. And even in times in his life when we thought it was dark and tough for him, we found out last week from some friends that the Lord put around him godly Christian men to be an encouragement to him. And it reminded me of that very thing. Jesus knows how to find us, stand with us. Send people around us, but are we bold enough to share our faith with him? So as we close, stand with me if you would, and we close with this song. And right uh, at the end, if, if, you, if you accepted the Lord or came back to the Lord or need prayer, we'll give you an opportunity to do so. But let's worship the Lord together before we close.